Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Um, we're going to jump back into our uh, series, Crazy. Uh, but before we do, that's just fun to say, isn't it? For some reason, crazy is fun to say. I give you permission to say that. Like maybe just for this service, instead of like, amen, you know, like shout me down like you always do. Crazy. You crazy bunch of folks. Uh, you can say crazy. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, I know you will. <laughs> uh, um, let's, we'll get into that. I was just, I was just thinking about, uh, you know, coming up here, end of the year, uh, Christmas. We've got this big uh, Christmas production that's going on, and it's, and it's big. Um, so y'all pray for, uh, who do we need to pray for? We need to pray for Greg, Miss Lynn, Julie, Kristen, and all those who are involved, but, but specifically those, those four, um, Grammy. Uh, I don't know who else may be, may be all in that, but we need to pray, pray for them, and we need to pray for this. Uh, and and we, need to, uh, we need to stir up one of the life-changing choices, well, two of them, praying and inviting. Uh, and, uh, and let's make sure we get out and invite uh, everyone that we can to uh, come to church, right? Because we believe that when people connect to church, they will eventually connect to Jesus, they'll connect to His Word, and all of these are life-changing connections that, that happen when we pray and happen when we invite. Uh, so let's, let's do that, and, uh, and then, and then uh, also I just, I'm just thinking about next year and excited about it. Uh, I think we're, we're moving out of this COVID stuff, and people are starting to come back to church uh, and, uh, and feel safe coming back uh, to church. And so we're going we're gonna to enter into next year uh, with, with not a survival vision, but with an a outreach, thrive, uh, uh, advance the kingdom of God, bring Him glory and honor uh, vision. So we're going to enter into next year as people of vision. Uh, we're going to talk vision and we're going to uh, start uh, getting back uh, to, uh, I know we've been doing it and, we've been, and, you, and you guys have been doing great, but we're you know, just going to ramp it up and, and believe you know, that, uh, that we're through uh, some of this stuff and, uh, and thank the Lord for it. Amen. This is, this is one of those things I'm ready to put behind and press on toward that which is ahead. Amen? All right, let's, uh, let's um, get into crazy here. We're at a crazy uh, part three. Uh, yeah, Julie just did like a crazy head shake on it. I like that. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and we have established uh, that we should be, uh, as the people of God, uh, we should be the crazy people of God. Uh, that, that we are peculiar, uh, that we are aliens and strangers, and I guarantee, uh, according to the world, that, that they think that we're crazy, uh, and, you know, and, and, and according to the world, they're right. We are. Uh, we are a little bit crazy, and, and some of you who, 
are in Christ may think some of the rest of us who are in Christ are a little bit crazier than other people who are in Christ. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I'd like said at, at my, at my uh, funeral, is that he was just crazy uh, for Jesus. Uh, I go ahead and give you permission, if you feel like that's right on and true, uh, to, say that, uh, to say that about me. Uh, so, so Joy kicked us off uh, and, uh, and, and began to show us what the crazy people of God uh, look like and, and, uh, with, with a great word on crazy faith. Uh, and then uh, last Sunday I talked about uh, crazy praying, and, and I want to say it like this again, that, that, that we be not just people of faith, but that we be people of crazy faith. Uh, and, and, you know, many people pray, uh, but I think it's probably time maybe that we, as the crazy people of God, that we crazy pray. And I don't know if you know this or not, but, but we live in a world that, that has gone a little nuts, a world gone mad, and, and, and these kind of difficult, weird, mad, crazy times that we live in, I think, uh, have, have called out the people of God that we be a little crazier than the crazy times that we're in. This, these crazy times call for some crazy people of God you know, who have crazy faith uh, and who are ready and willing to uh, crazy pray. Uh, so I want to add a third to that. Uh, something that, uh, that, is, uh, that is true of all people really everywhere, but for the people of God, it's, it's a little bit crazy. Um, you know, Scripture clearly draws our attention uh, to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as our example. And, and we are to be uh, His disciples and His uh, followers. And, 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 you know, one of the things that was thought about Jesus and said about Jesus was that he was a little bit crazy. And I think that we could say that Jesus had some crazy faith. I mean, he did like crazy faith things right after crazy faith things. He walked up to the tomb of Lazarus where the man had been laid for four days and called him out of there. Or he got up in a boat and spoke to the wind and the waves to, to be at peace and to be still. Or he grabbed some, some fish and some loaves and blessed them, and fed 5,000 people with them. He had some crazy faith. And we all know, if anybody crazy prayed, Jesus crazy prayed. And we also know that, that Jesus not only was a man of crazy faith and crazy prayer, but that Jesus was a man of crazy purpose. He wasn't just purpose. You know, as people, we are all formed and fashioned and made by God to be people of purpose. We're, we're all called, created to work. And, and, and I don't care if you're in Christ or out, if you're not doing something, if you're not working, if you don't have purpose, you're going to lack a lot of meaning and fulfillment in your life. You, you're going to know that something's missing. But as the crazy people of God, we are not just called to purpose. We are called to something more, something bigger than that, something deeper than that. We're called to crazy purpose. We're a people not just of purpose, say it again, but a people of crazy purpose. And I want to read a couple passages of Scripture this morning and show you what, what that crazy purpose looks like and, uh, and how we can step into it and uh, fulfill it. Um, so let's start here in Acts. We'll go to Acts 
chapter 1. We'll start at verse, verse 1 and, and, and discover here our crazy purpose and what that, what that looks like. And, uh, and then, you know, as we, as we move into this a little bit, we'll get to some good note-taking stuff. I've, got, I've even got three points, uh, so that's always fun. Right? We can take good notes with the, three, with the three points, so I know you're excited and waiting, anxiously awaiting that. Um, here in Acts chapter 1, don't you love, love the book of Acts? I love, I love it and, 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 and love so much Acts 1 and 2. And I just believe like in those two verses is almost everything that we need to hear. Uh, Acts, you know, at times can be my favorite book in the Bible. And, and for today it will be. Uh, either that or Matthew. I don't know, we'll go Acts or Matthew today, or, or both. Those are my favorite books of the Bible. Um, and, I, and I'm loving, loving, loving Revelation, and Daniel, and Isaiah, and Hosea, Zephaniah, Zechariah, uh, Romans, speaking to us today. Praise the Lord. You know, I, I mess around and I do that. You know why I do it? Because I want you to love the Word of God through and through. From Genesis to Revelation to love it all because all of it is needed and all of it will speak to you and all of it is life-changing and it's good for building up and correcting and instruction and teaching and life direction. It's almost like it's a... I don't know exactly how to word this, but it's, it's almost like it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It's, it's, and we should love it as the people of God. We should crazy love the Holy Scriptures. Acts chapter 1. Uh, as, as you know, this is written by Luke. Um, as, as, as he also wrote the book of Luke about the purposes of Jesus, the acts of Jesus. Now he writes the book of Acts about the acts of the apostles, of the, of the church, of the people of God, because as the people of God, we're called to purpose. We're, we're to be doing something. We are to be acting in line with the call of God on our lives. He says, in my uh, former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. So uh, until that time that Jesus was taken up into heaven, uh, Jesus was doing, he was teaching, he, he was about the purposes of God. He was about the crazy purpose that God had called him to. And when you look at the purpose of Jesus, it is a crazy purpose, isn't it? He's got to step down out of his heavenly throne, come to earth as a man, live, gather together some apostles and disciples, train them up to carry on the work that he's going to begin, and then go to the cross and shed his blood so that we could be brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God, into his wonderful light, so, so, that, so that we could find and have and live in the abundant life that Jesus desires us to live in. Aren't you thankful for the blood this morning? Kristen been hearing from the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yes, hallelujah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Let me, let me stay on track here. Mm. I just kind of worry about Christians that can't get excited about what Jesus has done on the cross. It's only by the blood. 
The cross, the empty tomb. So he, he says, I, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up into heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen. So, so Jesus, interesting, is in need of the Holy Spirit uh, and, and gives instructions to the apostles that he has what? That, he has, that he's chosen, that he's called, that he has selected, that he has set apart to set apart to... To, to not just purpose, but set apart to crazy purpose. And, you know, just don't want to get ahead of myself, but that is us, saints. We, we are now the chosen disciples called for such a time as this to the crazy purpose of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are not here for just normal purpose. You've been set apart and called for such a time as this to lay hold of, the, of, the, of that which Jesus began to do and teach and carry it for our generation and pass it on to the next. Hallelujah. What is it that the old time preachers would say? I feel the Holy Ghost in here. And then they'd crazy shake, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all forgive me. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, so, so here, we see, here we see Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit in connection with the apostles and willing to suffer. After having to suffer, knowing that he would suffer and it being necessary that he suffer. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he is alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So, so just a pause here. Maybe this, is, maybe this is extra. Just something for us to think about. If, if you wonder, if you are if you are one of the crazy people of God, or, or if, if you're wondering what your level of craziness is at this point in time for God, for His glory, for His cause, for His kingdom, there's a couple of things here that, that, uh, that highlight it uh, for us uh, that, that we can see uh, here. And, uh, and, and one of them is this. What, what does your conversation look like? What does your conversation look like? Are you in conversation Talking about the kingdom of God. What does your conversation look like? And then, what are your relationships look like? He's gathered together with his apostles and appeared to them over a 40 of days. And, and they, they came together and they spoke about the kingdom of God. So, so if, you're, if your connections are, what, what are your connections? They tell a lot about where you are. And, and what are your conversations those things tell a lot about where you are. Are you connected with saints who want to get together and talk about the kingdom of God? And are you one of those who want to get together and talk about the kingdom of God? I mean, I love talking about all those other things too, but man, I want to get together with the people of God and talk about His kingdom. It's a good measurement of where you are. And if you're needing to get a little bit stirred up, if you need a little crazy stirred up inside of you, then get around some crazy saints and talk about the crazy purposes of God. Yeah. 
Okay, back, back on track here. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about, the, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then, <clears throat> excuse me, then he gathered, uh, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? It's a good question. Now, then he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates that the Father has set by his own authority. Jesus didn't say that, that that's not going to take place. He just said it's not for us to know the times or dates that those things are going to take place because they are going to take place. Amen? Even so, come Lord Jesus. But, he does speak to them now. He says, but this is what you need. This is what you need to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he speaks to them and gives them what you know, we like to call the Acts 1-8 mandate that we as the people of God are called to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now I know we've talked about this before, but just let me highlight this again. For them, Jerusalem was where they were. And Judea was like you know, the surrounding towns and area there. And Samaria was a culture that was different than theirs. And then to the ends of the earth were you know, nations, countries outside of Israel, outside of Jerusalem. So for us, our Jerusalem would be here in Greenville. And so we are called to be his witnesses here in Greenville, in all Judea, you know, Butler County and, and surrounding counties in, in Samaria, you know, those who are different than we are cross-culturally, and, and to the ends of the earth, you know, missions to, to the uttermost parts of the earth, nations not the United States of America or, 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 or you know, in, in America, we've got this kind of unique ability to, to minister to the ends of the earth right here in our, in our country because, because we're such a, a melting pot, and, and that's a wonderful uh, thing. Um, so, so there's this huge call of God uh, on their life, on, on their lives, on the apostles' lives, and this now has also come to us. This impossible call of God on our lives. This is, this is our purpose. This is, this is the purpose for each and every one of us. You say, no, no, pastor, that's yours. That's, that's not mine. I'm not called to be a witness for Jesus in, 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 in Greenville and in Butler and Alabama and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's not, no, it's, it's ours. It's all of ours. This is an instruction to each and every one of us. And you say, man, that's big and it's impossible. And it is. It's big and it's impossible. But we serve a big and impossible God. Amen? This is not only the, the Acts 1-8 mandate for every believer, but it is for every church. Right? Life Change Church is not just to hunker down and just focus on Greenville. 
There's a bigger call of God on our lives. Crazy called to more than that. We're called to the uttermost parts of the earth. We're called to reach not only our Jerusalem, but our Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's one of the reasons why I love, 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 love the local church because the local church has this big call of God on it and it steps up to it and does it. The local church, we right here from Greenville can not only affect Greenville, but the uttermost parts of the earth. Yeah. Amen. I, 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 uh... I get a little excited sometimes when I do that. What, what I mean to say is, hey, hey, yeah. Um, but I realized that it kind of sounded like the hot place, yeah. So I had tried to stop doing it because um, I don't want to say that. And that's not what I've been trying to say. I don't know where it came from. I just got fired up one day and I was like, hey, yeah. And then I was like, Somebody, was it you, Elizabeth, that said? It was you. You said, yeah, it kind of sounds like you're saying. So I try, I try not to. If I do get excited and say it, that's not what I'm saying, though. Okay. So we have this impossible call of God on our lives, this crazy purpose to be His witnesses. That right there makes it kind of crazy and different. Right, because most people are not about someone else's purpose, they're about their own. But in Christ, there's a crazy call of God on our lives that I no longer am a witness of Jason, and it being all about me, but now I am a witness for Christ. That I am to witness Him, that I am to proclaim Him, that I am to be about Him, that I am to make Him known. That's crazy right there. And then it gets even crazier when, when we list in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So there's this impossible, crazy call of God on our lives that, that is for each and every one of us. This is, this is for all of us. It's, it's the same for each and every one of us. The uniqueness about it is that we, is that we because of our, our abilities and giftings, uh, are, are called to different parts of making this happen. So there is your unique call to fulfilling this, but, but, it, but it's all alike when it comes to that we are called to witness Jesus, to proclaim Jesus, and we're called to do it all the way to the ends of of the earth. Now how I'll do it will be a little bit different than the way that you will do it, but, but it's unique that way, but it's the same in that we are all up to and about the same thing, or we all should be up to and about the same thing. And for each and every one of us, this impossible call of God on our lives, this crazy purpose that He has for us, becomes possible because of the same things. The reason that this becomes possible is because of the Holy Spirit. We can do this because we're not going to do it alone. We're going to receive. This is why Jesus said, I want you to go to Jerusalem and wait until you receive power from on high, until the Holy Spirit comes on you, because 
This is impossible in, our, in and of ourselves, but with the help and the power and the guidance and the counsel and the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our lives, we can do these things that God has called us to do. We can fulfill the crazy purposes of God for our lives because we have the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, not only do they have the help of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and it's possible because of that, but it's also possible because they have one another. Because they're not in this alone. Because they are together. So this impossible call of God, uh, this impossible crazy purpose, is made possible because of connection with one another, and connection with the Holy Spirit. And because we are connected to the Holy Spirit, and we are connected to one another, we can do this that God has called us to do. And this has been done. This little group of disciples and apostles in Jerusalem do this. They fulfill the Acts 1-8 mandate. And here we are thousands of years later, thousands of miles away, witnessing Christ, proclaiming Him to, to Greenville and trying all that we can to take Him to the ends of the earth. Because they were able to step into this impossible thing and do what could not be done. Uh, I, I, I just wanna, I'm going to read just here a couple more verses because I just want to remind you of them. So we've got this crazy purpose. In verse 9 he says, uh, he said this, after he, after he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. So on top of all the other things that they had, I just want to remind you of it, they saw Jesus then taken up into heaven. They watched him go until a cloud hid him from their sight. So if there was any doubts after having walked with him and talked with him, after having seen him crucified and buried and risen again, after having uh, spent 40 days together talking about the kingdom of God, if there was any doubts about all of that, they should all be wiped away as, as, as Jesus then, after he's done talking, just up into the air before their very eyes. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, which is kind of the attitude that we've kind of got into in these days uh, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, and, and the church has kind of got looking up intently into the sky, waiting for him to come back. Um, instead of that, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, powerful anointed witnesses of Christ to our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And every now and then, when we take a break, we can look up to the sky and say, are you coming Come on, come on. And then, and then get back to work. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. He's coming. He will do it. Whether we're looking up or not, he's going to come. He's coming back the same way that he was taken up. Let's not gaze up there. Let's not spend all of our time. I mean, I want to gaze a little, don't you? But let's not spend all of our time gazing. Let's make sure that we are about the crazy purposes of God 
uh, doing the things that he has called us to do, uh, which, is, which is for all of us to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, witnesses of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. And as we are doing that, Peter even suggests that we may speed his coming because we are about the work of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus' name. All right, now, I said we were going to get to, get to three points. Um, so, let me give them to you. And uh, I, I've been thinking about how to word these. So, this is what I've come up with. And if you don't like it, change it up uh, for yourself. But, but I, wanted to, I wanted to point out uh, three cants. I'm not even sure how to spell that. Uh, C-A-N apostrophe T-S. Huh? Cants? I don't know that's a word. But anyway, it communicates. I, I thought, well, maybe I should do cannots. Because you could do that, right? If you don't like it, change it to cannots. But, but then I thought, well, I'm going to keep it this way so I can say all this and everybody will get it. Three cants of crazy purpose. These are, these are three things that, that you cannot do without if you're going to have, if you're going to embrace, if you're going to connect to the crazy purposes of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You, you cannot do without this if you're going to be His witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Number one, you cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. This, this is a cant of crazy purpose. We must have the power and help of the Holy Spirit. We, we cannot reject the Holy Spirit. The guidance and the, and the counsel and the power and the wisdom and the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and think that we're going to do the crazy things that God has called us to do. This is why Jesus said, first guys, go to Jerusalem and wait. And wait. They were, what are we going to wait for? You're going to wait for the gift. John baptized with water. In a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to come on you in power. And then you'll be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You cannot say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to witness for Christ. I'm going to carry His name all the way to the ends of the earth. I'm just, I just don't want the Holy Spirit I don't want His help or power or His anointing or His gifts. We must have the power and the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So if, if, if we're wanting to step up to the call of God on our lives to crazy purpose, then that means that there's got to come inside of us an openness to the help and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit We've got to begin to say, you know what, Holy Ghost, I don't understand 
everything that you do, but I know that I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your counsel. I need your power. I need your giftings in my life. And I'm opened even though I'm not understanding. We don't have to understand to open up. I'm open even though I don't understand and to, to receive you, Holy Spirit, in my life. And the Holy Ghost will come into your heart, into your life, and give you power to do that which you cannot do. I don't want to try. I don't even want to give it a chance or, or a shot without the power of the Holy Spirit at work in my life. And the Holy Spirit is for you and for your children and for all who will believe. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe instead of, hey, yeah, I could just, mm-hmm. They used to do that, right? They just, mm-hmm, yeah. I get in these moods every now and then. Mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. Everybody knows that. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> if they don't, they know it now. Right here and, and whoever's watching there. Uh, number two. Can'ts. Three can'ts of crazy purpose, cannots. You, uh, you cannot without the church. You can't without the church. You cannot without the church. Cannot do it alone. We can't do it by ourselves. The only reason that Acts 1.8 becomes possible, or, or, or the, the second reason that Acts 1-8 becomes possible is because we do it together. We're a body of many parts. Some are eyes and ears and noses and hands and feet and legs, but nobody's all of them. And we, if we're going to fulfill purpose, we do it in connection with the local church. I was talking to a young man a little while ago about, about purpose. He, he was wanting, he, he claimed to be a believer in Christ, although he had some real crazy doctrine. Uh, but, but he was wanting to, wanting to do significant things. And, and, uh, and I said, well, you know, you know, God's got a plan and a purpose for your life, but he's, he's completely disconnected with the church and has no desire to ever connect with the church. And I said, God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. But it's not going to happen when you're disconnected from the church. It's only in connection with the church. And he began to tell me about all things he, he, that he believes and, and thinks and how he feels. And I've, I care very little about how anybody feels about anything. I'm not saying that feelings are wrong or bad, but they, just, they, they bend the knee to the Word of God. The Word of God does not bend the knee to our feelings and our opinion. Our feelings and opinion bend the knee to the Word of God. And the Word of God says that we're a body and each one of you is just a part. And that you need one another. And that a hand can't function on its own. It's got to be connected to an arm. And the arm's got to be connected to the body. And the body's got to be alive. You can't do it alone. We've got to do it together. Somebody's got to get up off their couch and come back to church. Because it takes the church... And you're not going to do what God has for you on your own. God hasn't called you to stay at home and watch online. 
We're called to be together. We're called to serve. We're called to pray and to give. We are called to be the part of the body of Christ that He has called us to be. We can't, we're Acts 1-8 Christians, and Acts 1-8 Christians gotta be together. Hallelujah. It's crazy purpose. Hallelujah. Anyway, y'all know how I feel about that. If you want to do the crazy things that God has called you to do, a great place to start is just get connected with a church. And, that, and, and you cannot do it without it. And I don't know, I don't, I don't want to stand before God someday and Him say, I called you to this and you did this? And I say, yeah, yeah, you know, but I don't like the church. I want to be together with the church. I, you know, I got to fish and, and play golf and sleep in. And look, I, I know, I know, I know it can be challenging. Why do you think the devil makes it challenging? Because it's so important. Because there's not crazy purpose without it. You, you can't reject the church. So let me tell you, okay? Anybody watching? Just preaching to the choir here. Anybody watching? You can't, you can't reject the church and walk out the crazy purposes of God for your life. It's, it's a can't. Okay, n- number three. Uh, you, you can't without surrender. You, you cannot without laying down you. You've got to lay down your life and follow after Christ. Right there, I want to, all these kind of apply. I want to, I want to jump in here to Matthew chapter 16. Because this is, I mean, Jesus just says this, and we need to hear it. We need to hear it because there's, there's many, many Christians that want to go to heaven and want all the blessing. Uh, but they're about their purposes. They're, they're caught up in what they want and what they desire. They are unwilling to, to, to lay down their lives and take up their cross and follow Christ. And, and there's not crazy purpose without it. And, and you're not walking in the, in the plans and purposes of God for your life without it. Matthew chapter 16 it's powerful, powerful passages of Scripture here. We'll start at verse 13. You're probably pretty familiar with it. I'm going to read kind of fast here because I also want to get to, to uh, Matthew 19. <laughs> so I'm going to read all this and we're still going to get to Matthew 19. So pray for me. Or, or maybe pray for you. I don't know. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? It's hard to get by that, isn't it? There's got to be a point in time in our lives where, where, where it's not what everybody else says about Jesus, but it's what I say about Jesus. And it doesn't matter what everybody else says about him. It's, it's what I say about him that matters. I mean, when it comes to me, 
Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you know, so maybe Jesus speaks to us right now and says, I, I know Jason says this about me and Joy says this about me and, and, and your mom and dad say this about me and your grandparents say this about me, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answers, he says, he says you, are the, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of the living God. What an answer. What a powerful declaration. And this is the declaration that's got to come out of us. It's got to come out of our hearts. This is why in, in John 6, when everybody was leaving, and Jesus looked at, his, at, at Peter and the apostles, he said, are you guys going to leave too? This is why Peter said, no, we're not going anywhere. Because he knew that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and there's nowhere else to go. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my what? I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. You know, why the, you know why the gates of hell are beating up so many Christians? It's because they don't want to have anything to do with Jesus' church. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And they will not and have not. And the church remains and continues to grow and flourish. And Christ is, procla- is proclaimed despite every, every attack of the enemy. And he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So, so here we have this powerful question from Jesus. Who do men say that I am? Peter's outer revelation, powerful confession that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus saying, that revelation right there that's come to you, Peter, that's I'm going to build my church on that, the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, and I'm going to build it on people who have that revelation. And then he says, now, now having spoken about that, now Jesus begins to reveal some of his crazy purpose to his disciples. And in this crazy purpose, there is surrender and there is suffering. He says this, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So Jesus talks to them about a purpose and, and the disciples are thinking, and, and Peter just comes out with it. That is crazy. That is not what we are up to. That is not what we are about. That is not what we are planning. But Jesus has come and he recognizes that his purpose will not be fulfilled unless he surrenders himself, unless he lays down himself, unless he turns away from from his flesh and his desires and the desires of this world. This is why Jesus prayed in the garden, and we got a good picture of it, and he struggled in the garden because what he was going to have to suffer was so terrible that his flesh was having difficulty surrendering to the plan and purpose of God, and so Jesus was laboring there in the garden. But what did he say? He said, if this can pass, let it pass. But I know it can't. I know the crazy purpose of God on my life means that. means that I've got to go to the cross. means that I've got to suffer and die. means that I've got to, to have my blood shed. means that I've got to lay down myself. It means that I have to surrender. And so he surrendered himself there in the garden and said, not my will be done, 
but your will be done. And unless we can say that, that that is a demand on the crazy purpose of God for our lives, we've got to We've got to be able to say, we've got to be able to lay down ourselves. We've got to be able to say, not my will, Lord, yours be done. Not my plans, not my purposes, but yours be done, Lord. If we're not willing to do that, we're going to miss the crazy things that God has called us to do. You say, man, I don't know, preacher. I don't know about that. That doesn't sound right to me. So, so Peter said that too. He said, I don't know about that, Jesus. That doesn't sound right to me. Peter, Peter took him aside. Isn't that always a funny scripture? <laughs> he, he, he just proclaimed, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now he's going to take, take the Son of God aside and rebuke him. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Now his heart's in the right place. He doesn't want this to happen to Jesus. He loves him, but, but he's not lined up with the purposes of God. And Jesus makes this powerful statement here. I think maybe sometimes we miss it because we get caught up in the get behind me, Satan, which is, which is a powerful statement too. But, but it's what Jesus says after that, that should hit so many of us right at our heart. And we can so easily slip into if we're not careful. Verse 22, Jesus says to Peter, he says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Someday I, I, I uh, no, I don't want to do that. Never mind. He says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. Look at this. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. You do not have in, God, in, in mind the plans and purposes and concerns of God, the will of God. Uh, you, you're... You're in your, your human, man, worldly way of thinking, point of view there, right? That's why, that's why we got to be transformed uh, in, in the attitudes of our mind and in our thinking. Uh, what, is it with the, what is it that Joy told us? That, uh, that, that uh, crazy is, is uh, huh? Out of your mind thinking. That's right. And when you're crazy, you're out of your mind. we got to get out of our mind. We've got to have the mind of Christ, the mind of God. And Jesus speaks to him and says, your trouble here, Peter, is, is your mind is not on the things of God. You're still all wrapped up and, and tied up in, in what you want, in your plans, in your purpose. And, and, and you've got to be able, Peter, to lay that down and surrender it, or you're not going to do the crazy things that God has called you to do. Jesus already knows that he's going to speak to Peter and the others and say, and say, you're going to be my witnesses, and not just in Jerusalem, but to the uttermost parts of the earth, and that's going to mean that you're going to have to surrender some things and lay down some things and walk away from things that others will long for and embrace and be willing to give up what others won't be willing to give up. It means you're going to have to take up your cross and follow me, and, 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 and that's what he goes on to say. Right here, verse 24. Isn't Scott doing good today? Wow. Kristen's rubbing off on him. Then Jesus said to his disciples, and that's us, right? Isn't that who we are? Are you just a Christian who wants to go to heaven? Or are you a chosen follower of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
It's an important distinction, right? Maybe, maybe sometimes Christians just want eternal life. Disciples hear the call of God. They leave their nets and they follow Him. They get up out of the tax collector's booth and they follow Him. They leave behind everything else to walk where Jesus has walked, how Jesus has walked, to, to live with Him and, and hear from Him and be all about Him. He says, he says to His disciples, and that is who we are, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Whoever wants to be my disciple, there is, there is an, an, a condition, and, and, it's, and it's not debatable. It's that you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow after Him. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? We're such a feel-good church. We're such a... Oh man, he just tells me what my itching ears want to hear. No, that's not who God has called us to be. We are to take up our cross, we're to deny ourselves, and we are to follow after Jesus. The, the crazy purpose of God demands surrender. It demands that I'm willing to lay down my life for the cause of Christ. You know what, uh, in Acts 1.8, you know what that word witnesses uh, in, the, in the Greek means? Translated witnesses, it, it means martyr. It means those who are willing to give of their lives to the point of death so that Christ be proclaimed. There's, no, there's not riches or fame or anything else that this world offers. All of that is considered nothing compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus and making Him known. Consider everything else lost. Put everything behind me. Pressing on to lay hold of that one thing for which Christ has laid hold of me that I would know Him and spend my life making Him known in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world, and we cannot do it. It's a can'ts. We can't do it unless we're willing to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow after Him. And just when we're thinking, but I'll lose everything if I do, Jesus anticipates that and says, no, you won't. Actually, if you do, you gain everything. Here he identifies for us and calls out one of the main deceptions of the enemy. And we think if we hold on to everything that's me and all that I want, then I get everything that I want. And Jesus says that is a lie. He said the real key is you let it all go and then you get everything that you truly desire and want. Here Jesus gives us what we really, really need if we could see and know everything that He sees and knows. He says it here in verse 25. He says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. That this right here is saving your life. That this right here is where abundant life is found. That this is where it's at. That, that when you hold on to everything, that, 
that you think is where it's at, it is not. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. That if you're not willing to surrender and lay your life down, take up your cross and follow Him, then what you're really going to do is you're going to lose out on, you're going to miss out, you're going to lose on where life really is found. But if you are willing to hear the call of God to the crazy purpose of laying down everything to follow after Jesus, then in doing that, you will find life. You will find it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Now, there's a great example of this, and uh, I want to read it to you, and then we'll pray. It's, it's in Matthew 19, just a few verses over. There's a great example, and I think we need to, I think we need to see it again. Matthew 19, um, try to read through this <laughs> pretty quickly. I got five minutes, I can do it. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? That's where, that's where a lot of people come to Jesus right there, wanting eternal life. I think that's an okay place to start. They don't want to go to hell, they want to go to heaven. I know I certainly am in that category. But at some point in time, things, as you stay in Christ, begin to shift and change. And it becomes less about me having eternal life and more about His glory and His honor and others living. He said he, he, he's, he's focused really on the wrong things. What good thing must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus speaks to him and says, Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and your mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these things I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Understanding. He, he sees there that all those things are not enough. I, I still feel like there's something missing. I still feel like there's something that I lack. And Jesus answered. He said, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. Mm. Oh, to be one of those who have heard those words. To have Jesus stop in his tracks and point you out and speak to you and say, you, you are called to be different. You are called to be crazy. I'm choosing you. Come and follow me. And here he says it to this, to this rich young man. He says to him, come on. Come and follow after me. Come and be one of my Disciples, come and be one of my chosen. There's nothing in life more wonderful than that. There's nothing in life more costly than that. Nothing in life more beautiful. No greater honor that can be bestowed upon us than to have Jesus say to us, come and follow me. And that's his call to each and every one of you. To all of you.
And to all of you here today, come and follow after me. Don't you always wish this story would be different? Like every time I read it, I wish maybe this time he'll do it. You know, it's like when you watch a movie again and again and again, and you think maybe this time, maybe this time they'll do it. (laughs) The story goes on. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. He's unwilling to surrender, unwilling to lay down his life, unwilling to walk away from his great wealth. And instead, he walks away from Jesus. That's like one of those sad passages of Scripture, isn't it? But then Jesus goes on, and, and, and you need to hear this. This is, the, uh, this is the part of if you hold on to your life, thinking that you'll gain it, that you lose it. He just walked away from, from abundant life. But then Jesus says to his disciples, Truly I tell you, this is hard. It is hard for someone who is rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And be careful if you pray for riches. You pray for a dangerous thing. Again, I tell you, it is easier uh, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? And then Jesus makes this powerful statement. Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And uh, I've preached quite a bit on that, and, and I'm sure we'll do it again in the future, but as we're talking about crazy purpose, remember that our crazy purpose in and of ourselves is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Now focus in on what Peter has to say and on Jesus' response to him, because now we begin to see the lay down, lose your life part of Matthew 16 that we just came from, and in losing your life, you actually gain life. Peter answered him, we've left everything to follow you. Isn't that a powerful statement? We, he's, he says, he says well, Jesus, we didn't do what this guy did. You said come and follow me, and we've done it. We've walked away from everything to do it. We've walked away from everything to follow you. We've, we've denied ourselves, taken up our cross, and are following after you. Now, now, Jesus, what then will there be for us? What, what is it going to mean for us, Jesus? And Jesus answers. He said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on His glorious throne, you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Mm, it's worth it. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sister, sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Here Jesus is saying it again. He's saying, he's saying if you will lay down your life and lose it for my sake, 
And you'll be willing to walk away from all the things that everyone else runs after and tries to hold on to. And life will be about knowing me and making me known to the uttermost parts of the world. He said, you're going to receive a hundred times as much as that. And you will inherit eternal life. And then there's the many who are first will be last and the last will be first. If we lay down our lives and make life about making Christ known, it's in that that we find life. And it's in that that our crazy purpose becomes possible. And we are able to make Jesus known and to know Him. And that is where life is found. You've got a crazy purpose. You're not going to do it without the Holy Spirit. You're not going to do it without the church. And you're not going to do it if you're not willing to surrender and walk away for the call of God on your life. Let's pray. Every head bowed and eyes closed. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand if you're called of God to crazy purpose. I'm not going to ask you that. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that you are called of God to crazy purpose. Whether you want to say yes to it or not, you are called of God to crazy purpose. Now I would like to ask you, if you want to say yes to it, would you raise your hand? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hands up all over the room. Hands up. Praise your name, Jesus. Let's, let me pray for you. Let's pray together. If you'd, like to, if you'd like to step out and come to the altar, that would be fine. In, in just the recognition that I am called of God and I am saying yes to it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Now, as the crazy people of God called to crazy purpose, Lord, we recognize, we understand, we know that we cannot do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. And right here, right now, we open ourselves up. We say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come and fill me fresh and new. Give me power from on high to be your witness. We also recognize, Lord, that we can't do this without the saints that we can't do this without, alone, that we can't do this if we're not connected to church. Lord, we commit right now in Jesus' name to be faithful, connected, life-giving members of the body of Christ. And Lord Jesus, we recognize that this crazy call of God on our lives means that there are things that we cannot embrace Places that we cannot run. That we've got to lay down and surrender our lives. Take up our cross and follow after you. 
and we surrender ourselves to you right now in the name of Jesus. And we say, yes, we will come and follow you wherever you lead in Jesus' mighty name. We will walk away from whatever we have to walk away from. Lay down whatever we have to lay down. Surrender whatever we have to surrender to know you and to make you known for the cause of Christ, for your glory and for your honor. We declare this in Jesus' mighty name. And if those prayers that I have prayed, if you are in agreement with those, then just say yes, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the honor of being your chosen people, called by your name. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Help us to surrender. Lead us to connect. And with all of our hearts, all the days of our lives, let us be your witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. With every head bowed and eyes closed, if you have not opened up your heart and made Jesus Savior and Lord, that this morning you want to do that, I just ask you to raise your hand. If you're watching online and you just want to give your life to Jesus to live for Him all of your days, just raise your hand wherever you are. I'm just going to pray for you, just going to lead you in prayer and just just going to lead you in a copycat prayer and, and you just repeat after me just praying this from your heart. If you're listening to a podcast, watching online, just, just pray this with me. If you're driving, keep your eyes open and pray it. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, that you are Savior, Lord, my only hope and I open up my heart and I give you my life I receive your forgiveness your salvation and I declare that you are Lord in my life and that you are my forever passion in Jesus mighty name Amen Praise the Lord Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus God bless you all. Uh, have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. And uh, in everything you do, proclaim Christ and make Him known. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless.